102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you respond. Pretty straightforward stuff. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. It's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we're going to call it this week. I am at Jeff Ward Show. You can post comments, make comments, be as snarky as you would like. At Jeff Ward Show. Just, when you post comments, please don't suck. Make the show better if you can. Get straight to the point. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Make sure you check out the show podcast. Subscribe to it. In fact, what I think I will do... Gosh, I just looked. There are about 2,600 episodes or so, at least. I will post an interview, repost an interview. The timing is perfect. Of a conversation I had with Lee Steinberg, which means nothing to any of you. One, he is the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. There's that. But most importantly, he's Patrick Mahomes' agent. And it's an interesting conversation. He talks about, people don't understand this, that Patrick Mahomes coming out of Texas Tech with a good, above-average career at Texas Tech, not many people even saw him as a first-round pick. It's a really interesting story that he has about how Andy Reid really, really liked him, and that's what made everyone else like him. But there wasn't that much interest. And then Steinberg talks about you know, his ability to, to handle all the ads, the ad campaigns, and all that stuff. It's a very insightful discussion with a guy who's, look, that's his business partner. In fact... The most amazing part about the conversation with Lee Steinberg is Lee Steinberg lost everything, right? I mean, the Jerry Maguire show movie was pretty, it's about his life. So he then makes it back. He's successful, loses everything, makes it back, loses everything again. He gets sued by his partners. He goes into alcohol rehab. His first client, he had no clients. His first client in his comeback was some guy named Mahomes. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy the conversation. You'll appreciate um, his stories and his insights. So I'll, I'll put it out there. So check out the podcast. We drop a podcast every afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube show as well. We post that each afternoon. I want you to think back in time. And if you're not able to do it, I can do a lot of it for you. The Super Bowl has become the Cleaver family of American media. Yep, I don't know why I ended up there, but I ended up there. Forget what we saw of the Cleaver family right in front of us. Or what we didn't see of the Cleaver family. There was never a bad day with the Cleaver family. There was never a fight. Ward Cleaver never got drunk. Ward Cleaver never went to strip clubs. He never lost his temper. June Cleaver never took too much Xanax. She never met a guy in a parking lot. I don't know why that just came to me, but all this weird stuff is coming to me right now about the Cleaver family because the NFL is the Cleaver family. The Super Bowl is the Cleavers. They pulled it off. The kids of the Cleaver family, you know, the Beave and Wally, 
They never got a fight. They never got drunk. Even Eddie Haskell, their friend, who lied all the time. Even his lies were soft. The whole thing was soft. Nothing went wrong with the Cleaver family. When we all know everything is wrong, everything is wrong with practically every family. But what we saw of the Cleaver family is exactly what we get from the Super Bowl. The Cleavers, in case you didn't know, uh, that's a problem by itself. The Cleavers were the family from Leave it to Beaver. And that's what the Super Bowl has become. And it's become the Cleaver family on purpose. And I don't like it. I miss the good days. I miss chaos. You want to miss chaos. So the Super Bowl, now that the numbers are out, and it is just a shockingly big number in viewership. Um, It's now hard to comprehend anyone who doesn't see some of the Super Bowl. I don't know. Do you know someone? I'm kind of a recluse to say the least, but I don't even know anyone who doesn't know, didn't see any part of it, any part of it on purpose. Everybody got everything they want from the Super Bowl except me. I got practically none of what I wanted. The NFL as the greatest content provider other than porn, got exactly what it wanted. It got its day of the cleavers. It has micromanaged the Super Bowl. After a lot of mistakes, a lot of chaos, a lot of controversy, I'm going to take you back in time to controversy, real controversy. They got none of it. None of it. So they got exactly what they wanted. CBS got what it wanted. The advertisers, oh my gosh, they got what they wanted. Football fans, I think, mostly got what they wanted. The streaming platforms got what they wanted, the biggest number ever. Soccer mom music fans, Chardonnay drinkers got exactly what they wanted. Betters, I don't know. I guess mostly, the betters mostly got what they wanted. This show did not get anything that it wanted. I got nothing. Zero out of the Super Bowl. I wanted controversy and chaos. I wanted controversial ads like we used to have. I wanted an out-of-control halftime show that offended everyone. I wanted a game that featured some chaos, like some dysfunction. I got none of it. So America gets its day of bubblegum pop. It's delivered perfectly. And everybody but me is happy about it. You got all day bubblegum pop, and it's a huge number. What is amazing is how far the business of pro football and the Super Bowl has come from some controversy. It really wasn't that long ago, and I can take you there. I think those were the good days when we were screaming about stuff on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the next week. Now all we're doing is hugging each other and singing Kumbaya. So, I like the days of controversy and risk, um, but it's hard to argue with success. So, this is a day of American pop culture that delivered in every single way, so there is no turning back. Think about this, though, okay? We're not that far removed from days of racial protest with the NFL. We're not that far removed from kneeling. We're not that far from disagreements. It's really not that long ago. Anybody remember the days of Janet Jackson's halftime show Nipple? Remember that stuff? Remember those days after the fact? It wasn't that long ago. Most people don't even know this. It really wasn't that long ago. 
that the American taxpayer was paying for ads. I believe there are three or four of them. Ultimately, true to form, the company that was producing the ads got sued because, shockingly, they were overbilling you, the American taxpayer, for the ads. The ads, somehow, in some twisted, weird way, it made for great conversation on Monday and Tuesday, but the ads were this uh, this shot of machine guns and cocaine, and it was all about the government stopping terrorists. Can you imagine an ad like that now? Can you imagine that? Three to four of them for all of your own money. Can you imagine even going there at this point, even mentioning terrorism in the NFL broadcasts? Yep, it was, they opened the trunk, it was, you know, it was a stupid ad, but I'm not even quite sure I understood the tie-in between machine guns, cocaine, and terrorism, but that was the try. And the trunk opens up, and, you know, there's the cash, there are the machine guns. Can you imagine the reaction people would have now? You imagine the Cleaver family having machine guns and cocaine? I bet not. There was even an ad, my favorite ad, one of my favorite ads of all time, which offended everyone. It was great. Think of, imagine if this ad had run over the weekend. It wouldn't because the NFL wouldn't happen because the NFL has figured out what America wants is the Cleaver family. But there was an ad. It was for a, I can't even remember the energy drink. You know, right when energy drinks became popular and then there was a bunch of them out there. Um, gosh, I think it was AMP, but I'm not positive. AMP. Now you probably would not even have any energy drink ads. You won't. I'm serious. You probably wouldn't even get those. Amp ran an ad with a fat guy who attached jumper cables to his nipples and connected them to a truck. Now that is American fun, and there is no chance you would get an ad like that now. Nothing. That's the kind of stuff I like. Could you imagine the reaction? Everyone sitting around giggling and doing kumbaya and sipping on some seltzer, and it's just the everyone's acting like the Cleaver family. Could you imagine on the screen if all of a sudden a fat guy standing on a truck with jumper cables attached to his nipples, can you imagine the reaction? I liked it a lot. I wish we had it, but we don't. Because we're bubblegum, and we got the day of bubblegum, and there will be no, zero, underline, not at all, controversy or chaos whatsoever. It wasn't that long ago that the NFL and the Super Bowl produced a week of debate and chaos because of what happened. It wasn't just the game. It was the ads. It was the broadcast. I mean, there was stuff going on. Not now. So it really used to be, uh, not that long ago, it used to be a week of being offended and a week of complaining. Now, nobody is offended, and that is the goal. So I want you to think about all the different ways in this Cleaver-like broadcast, this perfection, no, nothing offensive, nothing controversial, nothing even remotely bothering you. Think how well it all worked. The audience for the Super Bowl is, <laughs> um, you do know how, uh, I don't think most people know how rating systems work. Um, it is a projection. It's a statistical analysis. So you get those, 
I guess you're getting meters in some capacity now. You sign up to be a Nielsen family, and then that sample size, which I believe now is around five to 10,000, is a projection of the entire country, right? Because every house has a television, and so it's a measurement. What they do is they measure the total number of households with TVs, which is all households, and then whatever the sample size that they get back, they project that to the entire market. So I would submit to you that the number from the Super Bowl is slightly underestimated. I think it's bigger because more people are watching together. But here's the number. Uh, 58 is now the most watched program in television history. 123.4 million viewers on average with 120 million watching on CBS alone, it is the largest audience for one network of all time. Last year, the Super Bowl had 115 million. If you project that next year there'll be even more people watching, you're going to be exactly right. If you project next year's Super Bowl is just as Cleaver-like as this one with no controversy whatsoever, you're going to be exactly right. I don't know how you pick the halftime show for next year yet, but you find the softest least offensive thing you can. All right, it's 123.4 million viewers on average across all platforms. That's up 7% over last year's Super Bowl. 200 million people, 202.4, watched all or part of the Super Bowl across networks. Now you would say, well, wait a minute, Jeff. It averaged 123. Why did it have this dramatic jump? Halftime. Bubblegum halftime. What do you mean? But we're football fans. Shut up. No, you're not. Yes, there's a spike. And the spike is halftime. Yeah. I don't even think you could argue this is the Taylor Swift effect again. I think there's a very small, I mean, I think it's such a small margin. We could debate this, but I don't think this number is gigantic just because of her. I don't. Because the numbers were trending up anyway. Even games where she didn't make an appearance, the numbers were gigantic. Football is bigger than ever. For all you knuckleheads who a few years ago, when there was kneeling, when there was controversy, said you're never going to watch again. Well, you're one of a few because everybody's watching. So it jumps to 202 million uh, at at different points of the game. I'm going to assume if you just look at the the stats, you're going to see it's halftime. CBS, uh, the NFL on CBS this past year has the most watched regular season since the NFL returned to CBS in 1998. All of the numbers are greater than ever. It is the most streamed Super Bowl in history, led by a record-setting audience on Paramount+. Plus. So you get the idea. The game drew a huge audience, check. The biggest of all time, check. Nothing will change. There is not one single controversial moment coming out. Not one single controversial ad. Not one. No one's even talking about them. The closest thing, when you think about this day of bubblegum, the closest thing would be the Robert Kennedy Jr. ad. And I'm willing to bet that 98% of the public, maybe even 99% of the public, has no idea who that is or what it was about. And even that ad for a guy who's so controversial is an anti-vax nut, even that ad was, pre- was pretty soft. 
because it has to be approved by the NFL. The NFL has figured out, just so you know, you know, before you do this whole thing where you scream, well, what about my rights to be heard? No. They can make that broadcast however they want, including the ads. And so they have learned over time that to be the gatekeeper of the content, we're going to make sure the ads are just as vanilla as the halftime shows, the national anthem, and the game itself. And so the ads are now going through the NFL, and the NFL is saying, no, we're never going back to the days of nipples or controversial ads or controversial plays. We're never going back to controversy again. They made sure of it. And even when they approved a a political ad, no one even knows. The halftime show came off. Audience was huge. Zero controversy. No one is offended. I mean, I thought the sound was meh, but everyone got what they wanted. And then the game itself had little controversy. Very little. Um, the only thing I can think of that would that is controversial, that would have been controversial, and I mean this in a bad way for the NFL. I'm not talking about just debating plays or nerding out on football itself. I'm talking about what the NFL would view as negative, a blown call, um, you know, a, a bad fight, uh, some guys dropping F-bombs on a camera, stuff like that that the NFL doesn't like. The closest thing was meathead Travis Kelsey accidentally or intentionally bumping his chubby head coach and almost knocking him over. Had the Chiefs lost, I wonder if that would have been an issue. We'd be talking about that now. But they didn't, and he spun it the right way, and the NFL quickly moved on. So no controversy there. Find find me any instance of controversy versus even two to three to five years ago in the NFL and the Super Bowl. It used to be full controversy. They got to figure it out. It's a day of the Cleavers. It's the Cleavers broadcast. I'm sure behind the scenes, they're a mess, right? I mean, they probably hated each other and stuff like that. But it all worked perfectly for everyone involved except me. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Jeff Ward Show podcast, where the aliens are going to come and get you. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. There's something to think about, and when you really start to break it down, it's pretty amazing. Patrick Mahomes is, what's the right term, maybe box office, star power, either one is Patrick Mahomes the biggest star in American sports? And is he the biggest star? Now, don't laugh it off. I'm talking about marketability. Patrick Mahomes, the most, the biggest star in football of the last 25 years. I'm going to argue that, first of all, they go in your lifetime, they go like this in terms of star power. And I'm talking about marketability. Now, Muhammad Ali was the biggest was the biggest name of your lifetime in terms of a sports star. But Muhammad Ali wasn't marketable. Muhammad Ali wasn't commercial. I, I, I mean, I'm sure Muhammad Ali did some ads. I don't know what. Yes, he was the biggest star in the world as an athlete, but he wasn't Jordan. He wasn't Mahomes. He didn't sell anything. So think in those terms. 
Jordan would be it. Actually, at one time, O.J. Simpson was it. It's pretty hard to believe now, but he was one of the most successful and popular pitch men in television. Then you move to Jordan. Jordan took it to another level, and Jordan is the biggest star of the last 40 to 50 years in terms of marketability. I would submit to you next up is Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods as a pitch man for Nike and, uh, you know, watches and everything. Tiger Woods would go, would be next. And I think then you would have LeBron James. And then I think you have Patrick Mahomes. I think that's the order it goes. And I think Patrick Mahomes is a bigger star pitch man, marketable pitch man, than even at this point LeBron James. Patrick Mahomes is even a, was even a bigger star than Tom Brady. And I mean that in this way. Brady didn't pitch that many products. Nothing compared to what Patrick Mahomes does. Brady, for the superstar that he was, I mean, you would say he's, you know, he belongs on that list with Jordan. Although I think Patrick Mahomes is not getting on that, on that list with Jordan in terms of success. But in terms of marketability and popularity, Brady wasn't anywhere close to Mahomes. Brady didn't pitch that many products. Brady wasn't that mainstream. Brady, for all his success, was kind of an angry dude who sort of kept to himself. He didn't have near the appeal that Patrick Mahomes has. And then what's amazing is why Patrick Mahomes has the appeal that he does. He's got kind of a screwed up family. He's got a weird voice. He's a mixed race guy, not selling to, you know, able to sell to middle America. All that stuff. And yet, the guy is pitching products left and right. So, I think he's the biggest star in sports. I think he's replaced LeBron James as the biggest star in sports. Lionel Messi may be more popular around the world. But he's not pitching products like Patrick Mahomes. He is not of the Jordan, Tiger Woods, LeBron, now Patrick Mahomes category. Those, I think, are the biggest stars of the last several decades. And that's, when you think about Mahomes, it's pretty, I mean, one, it's a football player. Two, it's a guy that um, doesn't look the part, doesn't sound the part, doesn't have the hidden family to meet the requirement, but yet he is as mainstream, as popular as you can get in pitching products. In fact, there's no one, no one even close. It's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, I compared him to Michael Jordan. Yeah, I think he pitches products and is mainstream as Jordan. Probably even more mainstream than Tiger Woods at his peak. That's where he is. In a sport that doesn't produce guys like that. Certainly nothing like Jordan. He's made it. I mean, what is it now? I don't even know what the list is. Forget just forget State Farm, the, the, the hair commercials. I mean, the sandwich commercials. It's, uh, it's an incredible list. And he pulls it off well when you would think everything about him and how he sounds wouldn't do it. And you compare him against somebody like Brady, who looked the part. But Brady had probably a fifth of the ads or a tenth of the ads. So is Patrick Mahomes the biggest star, I guess, since LeBron James? And maybe you'd argue he's a bigger star than LeBron James at his peak. He's not Jordan, 
But where would he rank in terms of Tiger Woods? You're not gonna you're not gonna put OJ on there. I did, but Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Could Patrick Mahomes be number two? Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN.